Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. And I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. And this is Jordan, Jesse, go! This week on Jordan Jesse Go, Jordan's beef with pita chips, my celebration of Troop of 100, and much, much more. Let's go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Welcome to another spectacular Jordan Jesse Go program. Yeah. That's and hey, I'm... I don't think we say this enough. Thanks for tuning in. Oh, I thought you were going to say, I don't think we say this enough. This is a, a this is going to be a great program. program. Look, I don't know if we, I don't think we say this enough, but we're amazing. <laughs> we're hilarious, charming, handsome. Taller uh, than you'd think. Taller than you'd think from listening. Us. Absolutely. Uh, we have mellifluous voices. Mm-hmm. Uh, great teeth, very healthy teeth. My dentist says I do a great job taking care of my teeth. I know that's the case with you and your dentist. I've, I've looked in on that. Have never had a cavity. There you go. Never had a cavity. No cavities here. Uh, I uh, sometimes, I'll admit, I have to use uh, a thing that you squirt in your ear to make sure there's no waxy buildup. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I use a syringe that like you'd put, like you use to clean your butt uh, in my ear. Okay. Sometimes I do worry that people think I'm cleaning my butt when I'm in the shower. Like if they go into my bathroom and they see the little syringe bulb thing that I have to use to clean my ear. I'm worried they might think I'm cleaning my butt. Yeah. Um, Sometimes I invite neighbors in to watch me pee. (laughs) Speaking of inviting neighbors in, this is something that I uh, promised to people uh, last week, and I feel like I really didn't deliver on. I feel bad about it. Um, A couple weeks ago, Teresa and I are doing the laundry in the basement of our apartment building. Now, we live in an apartment building with uh, gates and a security guard. Um, You know, it's an old-timey apartment building, so it's not like there's a courtyard that you wander through. It's just just an apartment building. Um, And uh, there's a common laundry room uh, with a nice leather couch and a television and its own bathroom. And uh, we were in there. That's nice. It's, a, it's premium. Yeah. I mean, they, they're doing a, they're do, they do a nice job with they a little extra waiting space. They want to encourage you to sit in with your laundry. <laughs> exactly. Like maybe you should, but But you never do, because what are you going to do is yeah. sit there with your... But Yeah, mine's, mine's in just a dank basement. And yeah. uh, I think there's a couple of like, uh, there's a couple of like red book magazines on a table. They're like, hey, here's some magazines. But, yeah. but I'm like, no, this is a dank basement. Yeah, I got my own subscription to red book. Thank yeah, you very I'm gonna much. Yeah, I'm going to go read a current red book. These are... <laughs> Two, three months old. Um, well, you you have that woman named Pinky or whatever it is oh, who peaches. yells at you. Peaches. Yeah, there's a, there's a woman who lives next door to the laundry room. For some reason, she's been given permission to live in the basement of the apartment. And her name is Peaches, and she has a lot of homemade... Uh, Obama clothes and jewelry. Uh-huh. She makes like uh, she makes Obama T-shirts and pins and earrings, and is just covered in them at all times. Even now after the election, still covered in homemade Obama stuff. And uh, yeah, if you're in there at ten o one, 
uh, she comes out and gives you the yelling of your lifetime. She's a sour-tempered woman. Yeah. Well, uh, Teresa... Also doesn't like you playing uh, rock band late at night. We'll come oh. up and tell you to stop. Me. She'll tell me to stop playing rock band yeah. late at night. She won't talk to the uh, crazy man who lives next door to you, walks around naked in a piles of newspapers. No, and, and now is leaving uh, leaving garbage on my doorstep. <laughs> leaving bags of his garbage on my doorstep. Um, we, we, Teresa and I were downstairs. But no, he's fine. He's cool. Teresa and I were downstairs doing our laundry and there's a woman wandering around and you know it's a medium-sized apartment building but i've got a pretty good handle on who does and does not live in this apartment building sure and there were a couple of clues that tipped me off that this was not a woman who lived in my apartment building for one thing a white lady Mm -hmm. uh, not a korean person uh, so i think i've got a great handle on what white people live in our building yeah there's only like four Using a little something called racial profiling, exactly. you were able exactly. to deduce the mystery. If it was one of the 30 to 40 Korean people that live in my building, maybe I, maybe I might mistake them for a different Korean person being a racist. Sure. But this was a white lady, and I know the white ladies that live in their building because there's only one. <laughs> uh, a couple white guys, one white lady, other than my wife, of course. This woman's walking around. She's in her... You're not in some kind of interracial marriage. No, you want to be very, very, very clear. I am, no, I am no fan of miscegenation, Jordan. Sure. You and I both know that. Let's call it what it is. Look. Race mixing. If if race mixing is allowed to happen in marriages, mixing. Mixing. Ne- then next thing you know, people will be marrying dogs. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And the, uh, one man will have three dog wives. <laughs> That's what it will happen yeah. immediately thereafter. Anyway, I'm I'm in my laundry room, and there's this woman kind of wandering around the laundry room. Now, it's not a big laundry room. That's why, why it's odd that she would be wandering around. There's sort of two chambers. One is just big enough to fit a row of maybe five washing machines and five dryers on either side with a you know washing machine or dryer-sized aisle in between. And then there's sort of a, a little area with the couch and the television and the bathroom. She's wandering between these areas, making us very... She's not doing anything, Jordan. I want to be clear about that. Not Mm -hmm. doing anything. She's sort of like a 30-ish woman, I would say, but the kind of 30-ish woman where she could just as well be 52. Okay. You know what I mean? This is a woman who has led a hard life. Sure. As Teresa put it to me uh, later that week... Uh, if she was, if she is not a prostitute now, she has been a prostitute at some point. <laughs> the woman has accepted sex uh, money for sex and, at some point. Um, and she comes over and she says, "Hey, do you guys need any help?" And we said, "No, we have this under control. It's fine." And she sort of wandered off for another little while. She wanders back in, picks up our laundry soap, brings it to her nose and smells it, puts it down, wanders away again, (laughs) (laughs) wanders back in and says, I could do your laundry for you. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) (laughs) What's going on, Jordan? What's going on? I don't know. No, I think it says something about my lack of commitment to my laundry that even given this context, I wasn't willing to like stand guard over my laundry. 
Obviously, the only reasonable explanation is she's trying to steal laundry, but she's too high to do a good job. Sure. Um, but I was unwilling to... So we just left it there. She didn't steal any of it. Okay. But when we came back to put it in the dryer, she was still wandering around. Oh, man. <laughs> Jesse, she did what we call in comedy the slow burn. Yeah. That's when you set up a joke. The joke in this case being, I'll do your laundry for you. Yeah. You walk away... You smell something, you come and go, and then say the punchline to the joke. And of course, of course, you owe... You're probably too young to remember Bob Newhart, but he I was going to say, Jack, Jack, we owe this to Jack Benny. This is Jack Benny's legendary routine on his radio programs, sure. where he would, they would have, you know, a star of the time, a Gracie Allen or something, would be doing some mm-hmm. laundry. At the time, she would be using not an automatic laundry machine, but rather a mangler. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, he would come in and say... Uh, do you guys need any help? And then, of course, Gracie Allen would say, no, I'm, I got it all under control. Mm-hmm. And he would wander off sort of looking confused. Yeah. And, and, and Gracie his, Allen would go be go to there. his vault and count his money. Exactly. And Gracie Allen's worrying, is he going to mess himself? Mm-hmm. Uh, or do something else weird? You know, uh, take out a syringe. Sure. Right there in the laundry room. Cough aids blood on me. <laughs> um, and uh, and then you should go Jack Green would come back, and et cetera, until you get the punchline, which is, I could do your laundry for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is classic comedy, Jesse. And you you got to see you got to see that live. It's like sort of like seeing someone slip on a banana peel in real life. You just can hardly. It doesn't. It seems surreal. It was a magical moment. I guess I I was upset with someone for like leaving the gate open so that so that a weird uh, drifter like a a sort of, uh, uh, you know, like a truck stop prostitute type yeah. could sort of wander in. and But now that you put it that way, I guess what it really was was somebody who just had a great appreciation of, a, of classic comedy. Sort of like mm-hmm. the... Sort of like the time that um, uh, uh, those two residents in my building, one fat and one skinny, were trying to carry a piano up the stairs. Yeah. Yes. Um, oh, okay. well, I mean, if you put it in that context, it seems totally appropriate. And it also explains why there's so many uh, small Korean men in my building with little Hitler mustaches and bowler caps that are always getting caught up in the machinery mm-hmm. of uh, industrialized society. Literally, physically, clocks... Yeah, um, production lines. But they're, and, and yeah, so they're on. just kind of they're just kind of making physical some anxieties that we have as a society. Sort of like how I've had all those. So mm-hmm. in this case, it's partly about how I've had so much anxiety about the smell of my laundry detergent, and also uh, just just truck stop prostitutes. Now you're getting it. Now you're getting it. This I gotcha. whole thing was economic a rich, downturn. The whole thing was a rich web of symbolism that you just uh, you just misinterpreted as random craziness. Well, anyway, we, we've got uh, Judge John Hodgman coming up on the program. We've got uh, Trader Joe Reviews. This is going to be a great program, Jordan. Filled with content. As good looking Filled as the with two uh, with good with good looking faces and uh, healthy teeth like we've got. Mm-hmm. Hooey, this is going to be a monster. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy yeah. detective. Jordan, I trust you had a, a good holiday season. No, it was very nice. Which, your whole... fa- which is your favorite uh, holiday? Boxing Day? So you get to go shopping after no, Christmas sales? No. I think my favorite holiday is... 
It's tough. Christmas. Oh, I know what it is. What? New bunny day because you got a new bunny calendar. No, that's for you. Christmas. You're thinking of. I did. I got one. It's a. Well, congratulations. Um, it's so... got mostly little oh, eared bunnies. Jesus Christ. <laughs> like Harold, my my. Another year of hell. The bunny that Another I had. Another year of living hell. Anyway, it was a Christmas days present days from my. It was a Christmas present Jordan. from my wife. And mm. the bunnies are so adorable. They, this month is like a baby bunny, and it has. You don't even care. You, you just asked me a question. Ears, Here's like what you did. You asked ears. me a question <laughs> as an excuse to talk about your this fucking calendar. You didn't even care bunny. about my answer. This you didn't even care bunny. about my answer to the question. Oh, what? What was your favorite holiday? Hey, Jordan. guess what? Fucking rabbits, 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 baseball. That's when you. It's January first. Yeah, that's great. It's a new. It's a new year. Mm. It's a new change is coming. That means a new bunny calendar with more baby bunnies in it. Yeah. More dwarf bunnies. Even I may, I may have had an answer to that question. No, not just okay. Uh, did you do anything for New Year's Eve? Did you have any like? Did you have any adventures on New Year's Eve? No, it was a, it was a low key. It was a low key New I, Year's I Eve. I thought I wasn't going to do. And I never. I rarely do something on. I nobody who would invite me to a party. You know what I mean? Yeah. Why would you invite a this guy? Stick in the gonna, mud. Yeah, just a stick in the mud. Uh, but uh, I got a call from uh, our friend Scott Simpson from uh, You Look Nice Today. He mm-hmm. he was in town. And uh, invited us over uh, uh, to uh, their his good friend's house. Now his his good friends here in Los Angeles, um, uh, Scott and his wife met uh, this woman and her husband when they were all English teachers in Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, all of them except the wo- the woman's husband, yeah. uh, uh, who is uh, who's a Japanese guy. It's a, it's a it's a pretty I'm pretty surprised at what a popular kind of post college thing that is to do is the English teacher in Japan as English I think teacher hire in Japan. Anybody. I think that's the deal. I, I I was in Japan once. I met some English teachers. Yeah. Uh, that were Japanese. Their English was very 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 poor. <laughs> so uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna guess that they're just excited to have someone who uh, can say the words out loud. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, uh, I had, I, I was expecting to have this low key. I turned out to have a Japanese New Year's Eve, which I was, I had no idea was going to be the thing from a hot pot. Okay. I don't remember what that's called in Japanese, but a hot pot put different, like a, a pork into the, and then you see what I'm saying? Yeah. And, uh, we watched the Japanese, uh, New Year's Eve special. Okay. Um, on NHK, mm-hmm. the Japanese channel, uh, while they explained different Japanese contexts for the strange, strange things we were seeing. Uh, one woman was singing traditional Japanese country music, and uh, her entire the entire stage was her dress. Okay. Apparently, this is her thing. She's wait, like the th- Japanese share. When you say country music, you it's, do it's mean... not. It's not like it's a. It's like a kind of Japanese pop music. That is associated with the country. It's like super histrionic, okay, and uh, like crazy. Like the people make really crazy faces while they sing it. Mm-hmm. And also, apparently, according to these guys, one of the big stars of this genre right now is a black American guy. Okay, um, but anyway, uh, so we watched that. But the really amazing thing that I saw was a television program. I looked it up on the internet. There's this guy, Beat Takeshi. Okay. Um, who's a famous like Japanese uh, filmmaker, television star, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, Takeshi Kitano is his name, um, and I knew him as a filmmaker. I, I've never seen his films, but I, I'd heard a lot about his films. He makes these sort of like wry gangster films and like these beautiful, touching. He's a very famous Japanese filmmaker. 
But apparently, uh, in the 1980s, he was he was a Japanese television host, and um, a sort of Regis like. I was going to say Regis-like, but much crazier than Regis, as crazy as Regis is already. Um, he hosted a show called Takeshi's Challenge, I think is what it's called, which was later to Takeshi's Castle. That was made into uh, that show on Spike where they uh, judge the where they put the slightly offensive <laughs> um, uh, play-by-play on the crazy Japanese game show. Sure. So it's that game. Um, and before that, he hosted a show called. I had to look this up on uh, on Wikipedia. Oretachi Hyokin Zoku. And this is the craziest fucking show you've ever seen in your entire <laughs> fucking life, Jordan. If you sh- if you thought the show where they have to do crazy stuff on the Jap- crazy Japanese game show joke show on Spike was crazy, you need to get a load of Oretachi Hyokin Zoku. Okay. Uh, here's a few. Let's talk about a few segments on this program. Sure. That I watched the other night. Now, number one, I I'd imagine there were a couple jokes I missed on this program, but mostly it survived the fact that I don't speak Japanese at all, completely and perfectly. Um, not I wouldn't characterize the humor as subtle um, or verbal. Okay. Um, except in that it sometimes did involve yelling. So here's one of the sketches on the show. Uh, two guys are dressed up as ninjas, um, but kind of crazy ninjas, and uh, the rest of the guys are dressed up as an '80s hair metal band. Okay, um, this was recorded. This is the show ran in in the mid to late '80s, and um, they set up an entire hair metal band, like in a room of a traditional Japanese style house, you know, with tatami mats and screen, sliding screens and everything, and there's someone sleeping on the other side of it. And then they kick down the wall and just start playing heavy metal music and yelling at the guy. <laughs> Wait, what are the ninjas doing during all this? They're helping everyone sneak in because ninjas are so sneaky. Gotcha. They're, they're leading the sneak part of this operation. Okay. So that's called heavy metal morning. Okay. Um, now there's other mornings too. Oh. Uh, bazooka morning. It's a runner. So here's what, what you do what in bazooka morning. In bazooka morning... They go to a, like a tourist area of Japan, mm-hmm. and there's someone sleeping in like a tourist hotel. They get hundreds of tourists to crowd around the windows and look in. This is a prank, or is this a sketch? This is a prank. Okay. It is may... the hair metal thing was that was that a it's was that a really prank. happening? I think pretty sure it was really happening. Might have been partly faked. Okay. But it was presented, definitely presented okay. as though it's, it was happening. really happening. Uh, and then they just fire bazookas. I mean, I guess they're not real bazookas. Well, clearly so not. So there's some guys dressed as ninjas, and they're sneak helping the guys dressed as bazooka gunners mm-hmm. in. Everyone's going, shh. There was cowboys and Indians morning. This is what it is. Sure. Some of I the bet people... I, I, can, I bet I can guess. Okay, go for it. Some ninjas help. Some guys dressed as cowboys and Indians sneak into an area where people are sleeping, and then they make a bunch of noise. Well, how about this, Jordan? Okay. Some ninjas help some guys dressed as Indians. Mm -hmm. uh, Offensively. I mean, I'm not going to pretend like this wasn't an offensive racist caricature. Um, They help them sneak into somebody's house. There's not the cultural baggage in Japan associated with, with Indians. Silently disassemble their sort of floor bed thing that they're sleeping on. Mm-hmm. Put it on a kind of stretcher. 
carry it with the person still sleeping on it out into a field of mud, tie a rope to the person's ankles, and then a Japanese guy dressed as a cowboy on a horse comes by, takes hold of the rope, and bolts. (laughs) And the person just gets dragged through mud. By a guy dressed as a cowboy. On That's a horse. gotta be fake. That's that can't be a prank. It can't be real, right? No, I don't know. I, it's it's very difficult for me to judge. It's funny that this guy is like a serious serious filmmaker as well. It's like it seems like in other countries, people, if you're just a famous person, you can just do do stuff. anything. Yeah, I, I guess I uh, I was listening to. An interview with the director of Slumdog Millionaire. Right, sure, Danny Boyle. And he was talking about how the host of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire in India is like a big politician. Yeah. (laughs) And he just like hosted a game show. Um, um, the, okay, here's here's the here's the piece of this thing. I mean, there was other things. There was something where they jumped out of a helicopter into uh, like a pile of powdered sugar. Maybe it, it was. Sure. Um, I mean, you've seen that a million times. Yeah, I mean, you've standard. seen something like Troop of One Hundred, where somebody's walking down an alley, and then from flooding into the other side of the alley comes a hundred people running at full full speed in the opposite direction. Uh, and then they run and pick up the guy and start throwing him in the air. Yes. Um, you've seen things like that before. But sure. There Again, was classic comedy. There was we were talking about segment, classic comedy There's this one the guy, my favorite guy on this show, he wears these kind of big square glasses. Mm-hmm. You know, like almost like a, 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 almost like a, a, like a Steve Allen type of glasses. <laughs> sure. Japanese guy. He reminded me a little bit of sort of like a Japanese version of Eric Wareheim from Tim and Eric. Gotcha. A strange man with a kind of big, gla- big blocky glasses. And I guess the premise of this, as it was explained to me, is that he goes up to someone on the street and then asks them to show him their thumbs. Mm-hmm. And so they are, they are obviously confused by he laughs like old people in fancy kimonos and, you know, people working and and then and then while they're they're like putting their thumb up, he goes, Yay! And that's it. That's his whole thing. Well, one of them, he asked this guy, and the guy goes, yay! And then he goes, yay! And they go, yay! And they go back and forth for like three minutes. Sure. With the guy has no idea what's going on. He's just, he's just like, well, if we're, that's what we're saying, then I'll say it too. And weird Eric Wareheim is just gets him to keep doing this, like show his thumb and go, yay! 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 And then at the end, they asked him, uh, they like interview him, and he says, yeah, I had a really nice time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, foreigners are weird. I have no idea what that was that I watched. And then I, and then of course, Dick Clark came on, he had a stroke last year, and that was even stranger, so... He did. He came out. You switched to American TV oh, yeah, at that Dick, point. Dick Clark was on he there. He wasn't on the Japanese he, channel. Yeah, I know he owns the New Year's and everything, but uh, yeah. he has a really hard time talking now. Yeah. 
I don't understand why he's why he put himself at the center of his uh, television program. He has a really hard time. He inspires talking. people, Jesse, that despite his stroke, he can still get up there and rock in the new year. I couldn't tell what he was saying. I'm going to be honest with you, Jordan. <laughs> you weren't just inspired by the fact that he was there and mumbling. I don't know. I mean, how insp- I, there was another woman on this same program. I don't know. Did you see this Dick Clark rocking New Year's Eve I didn't, program? Uh-uh. Okay, here's the cast of characters: Ryan Seacrest, who is of course a fucking retard. Sure. Um, uh, Dick Clark, who cannot talk anymore, mm-hmm. but also has a creepy plastic surgery face still. Sure. So it looks like his face, he looks like his, because he can't move, like, there's a certain, like, can't move your face quality that people get when they have a lot of plastic surgery. Mm-hmm. That's been amplified by by the fact that he had an actual stroke <laughs> and actually can't move his face very well. Sure. And so it's like a nightmare. It's like looking at a nightmare where someone's face has been replaced by a rubber mask. You know what I mean? Like yeah. a fat rubber mask. Um, and then the other person on this show is just a woman who just screams at people. I have no. I don't even know who this person is. It's yeah. a woman. It's a blonde woman. And she just goes... And then also Fergie is somewhere. I don't know what. If, <laughs> they I don't just even cut know. randomly to Fergie. Sometimes they would cut to Fergie and she would just say something, but she wasn't like one of the like the woman who was just yelling at people. Sure. Uh, in a sort of vaguely southern accent, and she was like, "So you're getting married?" Like it was like the Today Show. Gotcha. But she was yelling. Maybe it was that woman from The View. Who's that? Is there a uh, woman the, from the, the view the blonde, has a, the blonde conservative woman? No, it, it wasn't, it wasn't that lady. No, it wasn't that lady. It might be a lady from the view though. That okay. that seems like a reasonable explanation. Another possible explanation is country music star. Okay. Um, but if she was a country music star, a lot of country music stars are sort of down home. Sure. This woman was not. She was down big home. city. She was insane. <laughs> she was just screaming at people. I have no idea. And so I guess the moral of the story is that the American entertainment programming no no less perplexing to me than the sure. Japanese crazy show <laughs> where I feel like I need I'm sure there are we have listeners I know we have listeners like in Japan and stuff. Yeah. Uh I I want you I want some of our listeners to go on to like Japan YouTube and find some clips of Oritachi Hyokin Zoku. And share them in the message forum because it's going to blow people's minds. If you can find the one, the show me your thumbs one. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's like magic, Jordan. Sounds great. What, what is that? That's nothing. <laughs> that isn't anything. It's funny noises and stuff happening. That's great. And when the person puts up their phone, they look so confused. And he just goes, yeah. <laughs> what is that? It's stuff. It's just it's content. Oh, God. I loved it so much, Jordan. Oh, I just wanted to marry it. And then I ate udon noodles for a long and healthy life. Great. It's great. That's Happy great. New Year. You know what that's called? Fucking New Year's, my friend. Yeah. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Co. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. I'm Jordan Morris, Boy Detective. In the world of grocery stores, one is the most affordable yet gourmet. It's a specialty grocer called Trader Joe's. Uh, The stock, however, at Trader Joe's changes regularly and frequently. Um, It can be difficult to navigate 
the differences between the various uh, grocery products and know what to buy and what to avoid. Um, luckily, there is one a man who is brave enough to stand up and review the various products available at Trader Joe's grocery stores. Uh, with Trader Joe's reviews, it's Jordan Morris. Our first <clears> review, <throat> flavored sparkling water. I'm thrilled that Trader Joe's has started carrying this, but I'd like to see a wider variety of flavors in the future. I mean, mandarin orange, is that the best you can do? Mini pita crackers. These are delicious crackers, perfect for snacking, but why are so many of them broken in the box? Did these crackers just come from starring in the big-budget action movie Big Trouble in Little China? Red pears. More like red scare, the scare in this case being that I eat too many of these delicious red pears. Sliced monster cheese. Da-da-da-da. Da-da-da-da. I love Munster cheese. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Jordan, we live in a murky world, uh, a world where justice is an ephemeral concept, difficult to grasp, uh, much less manifest in the physical realm. That's why we're lucky to have Judge John Hodgman, the physical embodiment of justice. The new, the old one was justice with the scales, I guess. But yeah. the new one is uh, uh, Judge John Hodgman. Now, uh, we have uh, a we're case... Starting, starting to creep people out. Yeah. yeah that no, blindfolded absolutely. lady, she looks like she's involved in some kind of sex thing. Order, order. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, Judge Hodgman. Sorry, Judge Hodgman. I, I'll, I'm I'll calling you from my chambers. <laughs> I am. I am indeed holding a scale and, of course, my sword. Sorry, but I am not blindfolded. Be I just. I simply can't see who I am speaking to. Who are the? Who are the disputants? Is there an Anne present? Yes, that would be me, Your Please Honor. Please step forward and explain your side of this dispute. Well, um, Please, do you have a representative here? Uh, yes, yes, I do. Uh, yes, Judge Hodgman, Jesse Thorne, uh, for the complainant. You know, I have to say, Anne, this is this is a small claims court. It is not necessary for you to hire an attorney, or in this case, a public radio show host. You're uh, making a mockery of this court, but that's fine. Your Honor, I have accepted this case on a pro bono basis. Hey, that's my wife you're talking to. <laughs> nice. Hey, hey, hey! You don't speak yet, oh, whoever God. you are. <laughs> Uh, so who's going to state the case for Anne? Will, will, shall it be Anne? Anne? Hello, Anne. How are you, by the way? Um, hello. I'm a little intimidated by your presence here. In I'm not e what's interesting is I'm not even present there. I'm calling. I, 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 that's how scared I am at this point. <laughs> She's looking don't at a picture scared. of don't you. Don't be scared. Don't be but, scared. I shall meet, I, I I shall meet say... out justice <laughs> fairly. Um, and I, while my, my, my ruling will be fair, I am going to destroy your marriage. <laughs> well, I believe so strongly about this, uh, about the situation that we have here, that we really needed some professional intervention. You're so willing, that is why we're here. You're willing to take the risk. I think that's the first step forward. Admitting that you're both wrong is the first step forward to justice. <laughs> <laughs> now, who is going to present the case? So shall it be you, Anne, or shall it be your your your, your slick... I, I'm uh, I'm ready to bring it. Talking public radio, seersucker suit wearing, 
Andy Griffith type. Your Honor, <laughs> my, my client's homespun charm will speak for itself. All right, very well. Let me hear your side of the story. Well, it's like this, Judge. I love my husband to death, but he has this one habit that um, I'm having a hard time living with. Hmm. He, that, is, he's, that is the nature of marriage, but go on. He's a wonderful man, but he, he's pretty much obsessed with his peanut butter and jelly. Um, okay. and, and, and I knew this. Something? I, I knew this when I married him. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, the actual sandwiches. Excuse me. Oh. Is that the other disputant? Uh, what is yeah. your name, sir? Mario. Mario, please, please wait. Please. Oh. This yes, is not. Right. I'm not sitting in on your bickering session. Counsel, I'm please running, I'm restrain your client. <laughs> so you have counsel as well. Uh, yes. Who's yes, representing you? Uh, Jordan, the uh, sidekicky bailiff guy. You. Okay. <laughs> All right. So we don't have a bailiff now. Thank you. Oh. Thanks for stealing our bailiff. What up, Judge? To be your rep. <laughs> and I'm sorry about all these clowns. To, I hate it when my courtroom is made into a circus. Your Honor, to to clarify, uh, Jordan is a colorful urban judge in the style of my cousin Vinny. <laughs> I see. Okay. Everybody get naked. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, okay. Very well. So he's a he's a he's a wisecracking, sort of short ethnic type who's bringing bringing some culture clash into the American South. Is that what you're saying? Yes. He is like my cousin Vinny. Very well. You can see why I prefer not to have attorneys in the courtroom. And I'm sorry. So your, your, your husband, this is your husband you're speaking of? Yes. Mario. Mario. And he, he likes peanut butter and jelly sandwiches? Yes, he eats peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Right. Almost daily. Okay. And I have no problem with that. It's not okay. a crime. It is not a crime, and I and but it's it's the act of making the peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Okay, first I have to ask this question: Are we yeah. talking about crunchy peanut butter or creamy peanut butter? Here? Creamy. Oh. Okay, I'm just making note of that. Thank you. And what kind of jelly? Um, raspberry preserves, I believe. Uh, you got a brand name for me? I'm sorry, it's strawberry preserves. Is it a fancy pants kind, or is it no, no, talking generic? Spices? We're talking generic. Oh, generic. Okay, very well. And and white bread. Okay. And um, what unusual way does he have of making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich that is so surprising to you that the, it is causing the, stress in your marriage? The fact that the man that I love dearly will lick the knife while he's making this peanut butter and jelly sandwich hurts my soul. I don't even know if I need to hear any more, but out of fairness... Out of fairness to the other disputant, Mario, do you have a side to the story that you want to tell? I, is this true? I, is this true? This, this is true, Your Honor. Okay. I, I can't dispute the facts. Um, so tell but, me how you make a sandwich. You put, you put the two pieces of bread out. Walk okay, me the, through it. The two pieces of bread, and yeah. it, it has to be kind of cheap white bread. It, you know, no, no well, nuts. Well, that goes without saying. Twigs. I'm talking about procedure here, not ingredients. Okay. So, and then the sorry, knife good, goes... Go ahead. Good. What kind Counsel, of like? what please kind of... restrain your client. <laughs> hey, excuse me. What kind of bread are we talking about here? Do you have a brand you want to... Uh, usually Safeway Generic. Oh, wow. Okay. So you're going... You're getting, it's really... It's Okay. Very grim. All right. Yeah. I understand. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, well, I, I don't want to put on airs. And um, then it's uh, peanut butter, smooth peanut butter... Right. Do you keep Go that on. in the fridge or do you keep it on the shelf? 
I keep it on the shelf. Good man. Go on. It's, uh, it's all natural Laura Scudders. I um, taught him that. <laughs> she, oh, that's she so you use a fancy peanut butter. I, I do. I am very particular about my peanut butter. All the other ingredients are garbage. Correct. Except the peanut butter is fancy gourmet. Well, it really it, it just outweighs everything else. And and the oil is separated when you buy it, right? You got to yeah. mix it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. got the when then the oil goes everywhere. So far, you know what? So far, I respect all of these priorities. Oh, good. Um, thank you, Your Honor. Um, so the the peanut butter goes on one side of the bread. Whoa. Um, and I scrape off large amounts of excess on the side of the jar, right. but then there's always that very tenacious uh, peanut butter film over the knife blade, mm-hmm. and so I lick the knife blade clean, mm-hmm. and clean. then <laughs> clean. Excuse yes. me. Excuse me. This is your this is your husband's chance. Yeah. Talk. I'm sorry, Your Honor. <laughs> Permission right. to treat the witness to, as sexy. Pa- uh, wabba wabba woo. <laughs> sorry. Counsel, please restrain your counsel. <laughs> counselors, counselors, please restrain yourself so that I can hear what Mario, a.k.a. Mars, has to say. Go on. And then the knife, the, the now clean knife, mm-hmm. goes, into, <laughs> goes into the strawberry preserve. Oh, you might as well stab it right in my heart. <laughs> I was afraid you were going to say that. Um, and then you use that knife to spread the peanut butter, I mean the jelly on the other Half yeah. the bread, the other slice of bread, right? Yes. And, and then you then, use a standard docking procedure where you take the two slices and you mel- meld yep. them together. Exactly. Right, and then you cut them in half, uh, what, on the diagonal or straight? I do not cut the sandwich. Right. Well, because you're a monster. That's why. <laughs> you're a savage. Well, then you're I don't a, need a plate. You're a savage. Let me tell you a little story. You First of all, you should get a plate. Yeah. Um... Well, now I'll save that for when I go back to my chambers. Uh, all right, I see. Um, uh, how do you defend this practice? Well, the, there's one salient point that I think is very important to this case is the fact that I am the only one in the household who uses the strawberry preserves. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I do not lick the knife when I'm dipping it into the peanut butter, Right. but I, I lick it before I put it into the strawberry mm-hmm. preserves. And I don't want, I don't want little flecks of peanut butter getting mixed into the preserves because then they get hard and white and yucky. And But by the same token, I'm not causing anybody else any grief by putting my uh, mm-hmm. germs and stuff on the knife mm-hmm. and then into the jelly. Because mm-hmm. you're the only one who uses the jelly, is that yeah. right? And it's yeah. all you always start with the peanut butter and then go to the jelly. Yes, exactly. And do you wear clothing while you do this? Uh, on occasion. Are you, do you shave with clamshells? <laughs> No, we're, we're, we're not that close to the You ocean. walk upright and you speak English and you otherwise act like a normal civilized human? Yes, I've got a pretty good facade going. Okay, all right. Your Honor, permission to approach the bench? Oh, you may approach. You, I just wanted to say that you look really good today. <laughs> Thank and you. And it was really nice to see you and your wife at the club last night. That's well, all. <clears throat> your Honor, permission to get funky? Uh, <laughs> permission granted. I'm doing it. <laughs> I'm currently doing All it. All right, I appreciate that. And what do you seek to redress this issue? I I love my husband enough that I I just know that he is in the wrong and that he won't do it again. We can work this out. You want an apology, an admission of an admission of being wrong? I do. And a promise to never do it again. Yes. 
Uh, Your Honor, my client also seeks one jar of organic peanut butter uh, not to be sullied by any licked knives. Well, it sounds to me that uh, Mario isn't licking the knife to begin with. Is that right? That's right. The the peanut butter remains the knife before it goes into the peanut butter. Only the jelly is contaminated in this procedure. Is that correct, Mario? Correct. According to Mario. Can we trust this man? So, so, I mean, can I, can I, can I ask, can I ask a question here? Sure. Uh, Anne. Yes. Is your problem with this whole business is just kind of one of principle? It's like you don't think knives should be licked, and you don't think that it, maybe it just kind of bothers you seeing a knife get licked. I don't, I don't yeah, quite is... understand what the practical objection. Objection. The counselor <laughs> is no longer urban. <laughs> I'm tired of that. My problem is twofold. Fine, biatch. What do you? Okay, sorry. (laughs) On principle, knives just shouldn't be licked. It's kind of uncouth. And two, if someone else walked into the house and wanted a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, my husband would not say, oh, I'm sorry, you can't have one because it's full of my germs. Has that ever happened? Is there precedent precedent for that? Excuse me, Mario? Uh, Yes, sir. How do you you reply to that accusation? Well, uh, I guess twofold. One, do you, ever um, have, do you ever have little children who visit your house who uh, like what you eat? We, we or have similar, had or little children. Ju- juvenile <laughs> adults? <laughs> we we have in. had people visit. But I, I mean, I just myself. Oh, oh, no, 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 wait, wait, no. You did have people come and visit you. Yes. And they like to eat baby food like you do, right? Because <laughs> they're children or adults who like to eat baby food, okay? And they asked for, is this, did it happen in real life? Did they ask for a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? Uh, not to my recollection. Not um, yet. Okay, it hasn't happened yet. No. If so it were to happen, if it were to happen, may I, ask you, may I ask you, if it were to happen, um, what, yes. what would you say? Um, I, well, I would fully disclose that I have stuck right. my germy knives into the jelly, and perhaps they would prefer a peanut butter and honey sandwich. Right. So your what, Honor, you, what you would say is, let me just make this perfectly clear. You would say to your adult guest, <laughs> I would love to make you a peanut butter and jelly sandwich yes. to, uh, to fulfill your own infantile wishes. Yes. But I'm afraid I can't because I lick the knife before I use the jelly. But it's okay because this is my own private jelly, <laughs> and since I only have my own private jelly here, I'm afraid I can't offer you, my guest, uh, the simple uh, uh, blessing of a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Right? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. 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 Am I the only one who doesn't see the simple solution as just having a guest jelly, <laughs> baby? Why you gotta play me like that? <laughs> Uh, I think that's a reasonable counselor. I think you make a reasonable point, Anne. Uh, would you feel satisfied if a if a guest jelly, perhaps even a an upscale jelly, were provided and kept on hand? These things do not go bad, as you know. They can I, hang I around would, forever, and indeed, it may be an, an, an infinity of time before you have a guest <laughs> who is as similarly infantile as your husband who might come over. So, would I that would be reasonable? I would say that solves half of my dilemma. Mm-hmm. That, doesn't in, that does not address the uncousedness of right. knife licking in right. general. But, but I'm really good at licking the knife. 
I mean, I can lick like like sharp knives without cutting myself. Just wrong. Yeah, I see. Your skill. Well, may, may I ask you what you've entered a, a, another realm here of disgustingness. <laughs> You say you're very good at licking very sharp knives. Normally, you don't need a very sharp knife to spread peanut butter and jelly. So, am I right in correcting and presuming? Am I correct in presuming that you uh, are licking knives all the time now? Um, different knives, maybe chef's knives, maybe steak knives. It, it has come to pass that I have licked a sharp knife. What, under what circumstances have you been licking sharp knives? Um, probably while eating some form of meat that had a good glaze on it, or something else that. Uh, needed to be cleaned off before I went back for another piece. In a restaurant or <laughs> in your own home? Oh. Um, or maybe in a... Can uh, I consult my counsel? <laughs> may, maybe in an Eastern European murder house? <laughs> in a cannibal-type <laughs> setting? Where, I, I, where I, monsters dine? I don't think I should answer that last part for mm -hmm. fear I might incriminate myself, right. but... In other in restaurants, yes, but I will defer on answering about the murder house. Uh, and I and I presume that uh, you 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 um, you do not wish to admit that you are wrong, and you do not wish to promise you will never do it again. Correct. I I okay. I do not wish to stop licking knives. I I gain um, well pride from the fact that I can uh, lick a sharp knife without cutting myself. Your Honor, I think we all agree that this is a sickening and barbaric <laughs> practice. And I think that it was the Bible that first said, all right, I've heard enough out of you, <laughs> When a sheep is damaged, there must be shekels. Shekels for recompense of the sheep. In this case, the damaged sheep is the ability to eat jam without it being gross <laughs> in the house. And... If Ma I, if Mario has at no point... Let Jesse make his closing argument, please. Sorry. Mario has at no point asserted that no one would like to eat jam, <laughs> only that no one has eaten jam. And truly, no one would eat jam, for it is sickening jam full of little pieces of peanut butter in Mario spit. And in conclusion, shekels from the Bible. Thank you, Your Honor. Jordan, would you like to make a closing argument? I would, thank time? you. And I just think it's important to point out that the so-called Bible that my uh, <laughs> colleague was holding up during that rant was actually a Ranger Rick magazine. <laughs> and that my client does not own a Bible. <laughs> and two, Does your client or does he not have a subscription to Ranger Rick magazine? in which he found the recipe for his favorite meal. <laughs> and un unimportant. <laughs> unfortunately, unfortunately, you have already rested, uh, Jesse. So, Jordan, go ahead. Thank you. I just want to say that the... that the I'm resting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that the, the notion that a knife shouldn't be licked is a social construct that is that should be deader than the dodo that that a knife is a piece of silverware like any like like it's like a fork it's like a spoon you put those in your mouth right it's made of the same material and as long as he's not shoving this knife in, knife in someone else's mouth afterwards there's nothing wrong with licking the knife it's simply a weird hang up that old wife's a lot has 
and uh, she needs to get over it. It's 2009. Barack Obama is president, and knives can be licked. And I think if for some reason this fantasy scenario of people coming over to your house and just wanting a sandwich, if, if for some reason this crazy, unlikely scenario that there's no precedent for happens – the man should just buy a nice jar of guest jelly so you can sleep at night. And you know what? Just don't watch him lick the knife. The man obviously likes eating a sandwich the way he likes eating it. It's a simple pleasure that he has. Just turn your head slightly if it grosses you out so much to see a knife get licked. But there's no practical reason that someone can't lick a knife. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'll be over here drinking this 40 with Billy D. Williams. <laughs> Uh, I guess uh, Jordan rests. Yeah. All right. I shall now return to my chambers, disrobe briefly, and uh, consider the arguments. <laughs> I will return and uh, render my verdict in a moment. <clears throat> that was my gavel. Excellent gavel. Thank you. Very good gaveling. Uh, somebody ring a bell or blow a whistle because uh, this court is uh, adjourned for the moment. Not adjourned. What do you say? In it's session? in recess. This it's court in is recess. in recess. <laughs> what's, the, what's the night court theme song? Someone should hum the night court theme uh, song. Yeah. Anybody know the night court theme song? Uh, da, 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 it's night court. Everybody's going to court. A joke about Mel Torme. I think that's the end of the song. I think that's how the song ends. No, you guys, I think that's how it ends. Yep. I have returned. Hear ye, hear ye. My court is now in order. Sit down and be quiet. I'm going to render my verdict. Uh, never has a case been so clear-cut <laughs> in my experience <laughs> being the judge of justice on this uh, radio program than this. My friend, this activity is simply unacceptable for reasons of hygiene and for reasons of the success of your marriage. You are an adult. Let me tell you a little story. A long time ago, when I was a teenager, a young teenager, my friend Damon Grass had a habit of going to the refrigerator, taking out a jar of peanut butter, and eating from it with a spoon until it was gone. Even as a teenager, I was shocked, and I said to him, you must not do that, and he said, why? No one else is going to eat this peanut butter but me. I buy this peanut butter so that I may eat it with a spoon. His logic was impeccable, but it was still disgusting. <laughs> now, I think that the problem here is that uh, licking a knife is childish. I think eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, as you can probably tell, I think is childish. <laughs> Uh, and those two things are things that I think you should not do uh, in order to become an adult. But the thing that you must not do 
most of all, is to put the knife into the jelly, even if you're keeping it for yourself, because it is unhygienic. And someone may well go to that jelly, maybe a burglar, maybe a guest, someone you may not anticipate, may go and ask or take the jelly or ask if I may have some jelly, and then you will be in the situation of explaining that because you are a child, you keep a private jelly jar for the sole purpose of putting your spit in it. I don't think that is an acceptable thing for adults in a civilized society to say to one another. I agree that a private jelly jar would be an acceptable solution. However, you uh, are choosing to gross out your wife in order to maintain a private childish ritual and in order to refuse that you are wrong about something which is in itself childish. I say to you it is time to set aside childish things. It is time to, if you must make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, do it in a hygienic way that increases your wife's respect for you. Lest this habit become a cancer on your very marital bed. <laughs> for for this, is, this is the grain of sand in the oyster that will not produce a pearl, but a dead and rotted oyster, <laughs> as friction acts upon it over the years. At the very least, get two knives. Use two knives. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't need an extra jelly. You understand what I'm saying? Just two knives. You have to lick one, then throw it in the sink. Do that in private. Do you see what I'm saying? I understand, Judge. I'm, not saying, I'm not saying you should flout my ruling. My ruling is you should knock it off. <laughs> if you, and I think you should just say, I'm sorry, I didn't realize that grosses you out. I won't do it again. And build a habit in your life that is more adult and mature. But, but you know what? If you, mu if you must, do it. Do it when she's out on vacation or whatever. Lick the knife, go ahead. But don't put it in the jelly. Please, just don't do that. That's illegal as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Get another knife and, and, do, and do the jelly. But if you have to lick the... Then you have two knives to lick, and you're happy. Do you see what I'm saying? <laughs> and then she comes back from her vacation or her bachelorette party or whatever it is, and no one's the wiser, and everyone's happy. You see? So that's, that is my recommendation. You have my ruling. Then you have my Sato Vachi recommendation. And, uh, and this case is closed. Court is adjourned. Your Honor, Your Honor uh, I request a secondary ruling. Court is adjourned! I request a secondary ruling on the issue of the hot tub that opposing counsel has installed. Oh, yeah, baby. Oh. I'm living large and in charge. Uh, it is okay for, the, for the, the my courtroom to have a hot tub in it. Even with Sherman Helmsley in it? It is okay for us to have a hot tub in it only, only if Jordan and Sherman Helmsley and all of us are in it at the same time. Let's get in. <laughs> Let's do the magical finger snap that transports us into the hot tub. <laughs> Great. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go.
It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. We have this deal on Jordan, Jesse Go. Mm-hmm. This is how it works. I, I'm going to explain it to you because you're the kind of idiot man-child that has forgotten it over the course of three or four weeks since the last time we did this. Where am I? $100. It's like a little donation, a little token of your appreciation for Jordan, Jesse Go. We'll hit you back with a little sponsorship message on this very program. That's what one of our listeners has done to support his spectacular Tumblog. Are you familiar with Tumblogs at all? I am not. It's uh, on a Tumblr. Okay. So I think that explains it pretty yeah, well. That's fine. I feel filled in now. Uh, it's called I on Springfield. Here's what this uh, internet website is it is an internet website on the internet. It's just pictures of things from The Simpsons. Seasons 1 through 9 only. Uh, yes, yeah, specifically they define it as seasons 1 through 9 when it was still funny. Yes. Uh, now, I would argue, having watched through 16 at this point on my internet computer, uh, there is a lot of funny things in other seasons. But 1 That's through 9... when you can bank on... Bank yeah, on exactly. There's hilarity, not, there's not a lot of missteps. No. Um... So, for example, you might see a sign that says, uh, Welcome to Lake Springfield, no mercury dumping without permit. Um, You might see a sign that says, Springfield Christian School. We put the fun in fundamentalist dogma. Now, I I definitely have spent a lot of my social time over the years remembering things from The Simpsons. Right, certainly. And this is a great way to do it when there's not friends around. Yeah. Or... Maybe friends who don't have an encyclopedic knowledge of early episodes of The Simpsons. Or let's say you're a big podcast listener, you don't have any friends. Sure. And you want to spend some time with something that's like having friends. Remembering episodes of The Simpsons. This is great. I'm behind this 100%. Uh, It's ionspringfield.tumblr.com. Now, uh, I should clarify, Tumblr is is a Web 2.0 company because it's missing some of the T-U-M... B L R Tumblr 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 Ionspringfield.tumblr.com our sponsor for this week's Jordan Jesse Go. If you want to sponsor a Jordan Jesse Go in the future, you can email me Jesse at maximumfun.org. Um, you know, that's how we uh, buy our bacon. Yep. Right? Yeah. We, Mostly bacon. Yeah, I mean we both love bacon. We have very bacon intensive diets. And we also uh are, both of our investment savings are tied up in pork bellies, <laughs> which is just a fancy way of saying bacon. Sure. Um anyway, we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. Jordan Jesse Go, I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Oh, Jordan. Yes. Oh. Ah. Uh. Why are you making all these sex noises? They're not sex noises. They're satisfaction. Oh, They're okay. I'm comfort sorry. noises. I'm sorry. They're comfort and satisfaction noises. Like the kind of noise you get if right. you're like a movie, if you're like a spoiled yuppie character in a late 1980s movie and you just slipped into a mud bath. Okay. At a, fa- at a too fancy, you know, resort spa. But look out. Someone's uh. replaced the mud with shit. But no one has replaced this mud with shit, my friend. No. This is pure, delicious mud. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We've got telephone calls here, Jordan. Um, You know, uh, one of my favorite, certainly, probably my favorite uh, recurring segment on the... Let me put it this way, Jordan. Okay. 
People love our, some of our recurring segments. Sure. Uh, everything from Would You Rather mm-hmm. to uh, Jesse Thorne with an E, British sports reporter, mm-hmm. uh, to Hang It Up, Keep It Up, Trader Joe's Reviews. All examples of popular segments. There's one recurring segment on the program that is certainly more beloved than any other. Hi, guys. You want to talk about recurring segments? How about a little bit of Jordan was wrong? As a fashion student, I'm very familiar with various types of materials and fabrics, and a bit of gingham is not something you would have after dinner. It's something you would wear, maybe as a dress, or possibly drape over a table. Sorry, Jordan. Bye. Jordan, I don't remember you saying this at all. Hold on. Let's look up, let's, let's go look up gingham. I think I remember it being referenced to I, me referencing it as foodstuffs. You think that gingham is a foodstuff? Yeah, right. isn't it? Isn't it like no. old time candy? It's a type of print. What am I it, thinking? It's of? a print. It's like uh, it's like if you went to the uh, uh, the barbecue restaurant at Disneyland. Yeah. Uh, you know the red and white check tablecloths. Mm-hmm. That's a gingham. Say gingham. I'm gonna look up gingham here. See, look at this. There's no candy. I huh? just Google gingham. I'm getting a lot of tablecloths huh. and no candies. Looks like a Jordan was a wrong. Really, is there no explanation for this? I feel I feel confident about that. Jordan gingham is a fabric made from dyed cotton yarn. Huh. The name is Indonesian in origin, assimilated into Dutch when originally imported in the 17th gingham. century. It was a striped fabric, but from the mid 18th century, when it was produced in the mills of Manchester, England, it can it become woven into checked or plaid patterns, often. Blue and white. Huh. I wonder what I'm thinking of then. Well, neither do I, Jordan. Oh, gummy bears. But I do know this. What? You were wrong. Wow. Well, fair enough. You know, Jordan, uh, in our lives... And I have to have some shit-eating fashion student call (laughs) with their... I I, I wasn't saying that you eat shit, but I hear hear the shit-eating grin on her face. Well, that's the whole premise. Lording her fashion education over me. Perhaps you're misunderstanding the premise of Jordan was wrong. Yeah. The premise is someone calls in with a shit-eating grin to rub it in your face. Yeah. Momentous occasions! Hey, Jordan. Hey, Jesse. Uh, I just called in with a momentous occasion. Uh, my, I, I turned 16 three weeks ago, and I'm currently being pulled over by a cop for going 19 over the speed limit. Um, so one more and it would have been a felony, but I think I'm okay. And I'm calling you from the road. Oh, the cop's going, I, I gotta go. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yes. Good. You know, my teenage brother came to visit me uh, this week. Mm-hmm. Got to spend a lot of time thinking about teens, teenagers. Sure. Uh, different hobbies, interests, etc. Love those teens. Oh, yeah. Oh, they're a never-ending delight. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they're like grown-ups, but they get things wrong a lot. Yeah. That's what they're like. A lot like. of crazy ideas. I liked how he was, apparently, this character was... Uh, Keeping track of the exact number of miles per hour he was going over the speed limit and was aware that he was specifically <laughs> 19 over the speed. It's not like he just was like, oh, gosh, I just my mind drifted and I, I started going, going too fast. fast. He's like 17 over the speed limit, 18 yeah. over the speed limit. And then he, he probably got a second ticket for talking on his cell phone while he was supposed to be pulling over. Yeah, let's hope so. Let's hope this policeman made an example of this young man. 
Hey, Jordan and Jesse. It's Sarah from Boston. I was calling with a momentous occasion. Um, the boy that I've liked for probably the past three years and I uh, just kissed for the first time, and it kind of sucked. So, yeah, just wanted to let you know. Okay, bye. Interesting. She should try intercourse. It's yeah. way better. Mm-hmm. Feels really good. Better than kissing. You know what they say? Bad kisser, good intercourse. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a. It's I a, think that's uh, a from Sex in the City, right? Yeah. Bad kisser, good intercourse. The <laughs> slutty one said that. She did. Yeah, sure. Jordan, Jesse, Brian, back in business lane here. It ju- we we're just bringing in the new year here in New York City, and the restaurant I'm at decided to play "Goodbye Horses" by Q Lazarus. Uh, this song you might remember from when. James Gum uh, tucked his cock between his legs and and danced in Silence of the Lambs. So I don't know what that augurs, but hopefully something good. Hopefully something that involves putting your cock between your legs. I hope it augurs back in business, Brian Lane, using the word augurs more. Yeah. That's what I hope it augurs. Well, I don't, I don't know the song. I've never seen Silence of the Lambs. Neither have I, but I just played it because it was Brian, and he was talking about tucking a cock between his legs. It seemed, seemed worth playing to me, you yeah. know? Yeah, no, it's fine. Nothing against it. I, I trust I the guy. Uh, I trust I him. Jordan, I like right you. Now. I trust his judgment. Sure. I say no. If Brian's going to call in... Says something about cock between the it's legs. It's worth playing. It's worth playing. We just see what happens. Sure. You know, just put it out there and see what comes back in. You know what I mean? It's the internet. That's what this is all about. User created content. <laughs> Brian created content. Action item: tuck your cock between your legs <laughs> and see what happens. <laughs> sure. You know what I mean? Maybe nothing. Probably something. Hey, Jordan, Jesse, go. This is Tommy from Indianapolis, and I have a momentous occasion for you. Uh, It's real icy right now, and I'm on my way home from work. And traffic is stopped and has been stopped for about an hour. And so I had to resort to peeing in an empty tennis can ball and dumping it out my car window. Not my car window. I opened the door. It would be gross to have pee all over the side of my car. But I thought you guys might want to hear about that. Enjoy the show. Thanks. Thank you. I will enjoy the show. <laughs> One time, my baby brother Johnny, who's uh, now a teen, sure, um, current teen, we, we got stuck in a traffic. We got stuck in a traffic jam uh, on the uh, uh, the grapevine. The big traffic accident. Uh, the big mountains between uh, 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 Los Angeles and the rest of things north of Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had to go and, and poop in the snow. I just think that's really cool, you know? Yeah. He's like five, you know, so it was, sure. it was totally fine for him to... He loves it. It, it was no, great. Yeah. No shame regarding poop? No, he had some shame. I mean, it was shame. Okay. The good I part about it some was... Shame. The good part about it was he knew... He, it wasn't because he was young enough for that to be high, inc- totally forgivable, but old enough for it to be totally inappropriate. You know sure. what I mean? Like, it was terrible that he, had to poop in the, that he had to poop in the snow. Spot. Yeah, exactly. Um, Jordan, there are a lot. There's some great heroes on this program, mm-hmm. but I would argue that mm-hmm. there are no greater heroes than Kubiak from Parker Lewis Can't Lose, uh, and oh, just a really beautiful story about Kubiak. Hey, Jesse Jordan, go. This is Jeff from uh, Long Island City, Queens. Been listening to your show for quite a while now. Um, and by quite a while, I mean the last couple of weeks. I was actually turned on to the show by uh, button-mashing, soul-caliber-playing wife of 
NPR's Ira Glass. Um, and I've been wanting to call, you know, on one of your action items, but I can't really find one that fits, but I'm going to call you and tell you this anyway. Uh, I've noticed over the past, you know, two years of episodes that, uh, Jesse, you've brought up Kubiak from um, Parker Lewis Can't Lose. I think that's the name of the show. Um, I grew up in Indianapolis, and there was a period of for about six months in eighth grade where I actually played Dungeons and Dragons with Kubiak, if that's his name. Uh, his real name is Abraham Ben Ruby, which I'm sure you know. But uh, he was a, he was a nice guy, big guy, big beefy fella, um, two years older than I was, and uh, at one point actually picked me up by my neck, pretending to be Darth Vader. All in good fun. There you go. Great. The, if you're a giant nerd, that's the thing to do, right? Absolutely. He demonstrated how vitally important he is to American culture by performing that move. It's just a, it was an illustration of what a special magical man he is. Darth Vader? Uh, no, no, Kubiak. Kubiak. Even this is this is before he was Kubiak though. This is probably when exactly. he was fifteen or sixteen. What I'm saying is this is just a perfect little moment. Oh, okay. You sure. know what I mean. And I, I, our caller suggested that uh, his real name was Abraham Ben Ruby. Mm-hmm. Um, that's certainly the name he uses as an actor, but I, I would question whether it's his real name. I mean, I guess it sort of depends on your definition of real. Yeah. Um, but I think that he truly defined himself to the world as Kubiak from Parker Lewis Can't Lose. Sure. Um, synchronizing swatches and so forth. And uh, I'm sure that on the set of the popular hit program ER, on, on which he is one of the stars, um, they would never say, Abraham Ben Ruby, you're, you, you're yeah, missing your set. light. Yeah. Um, they'd say, Kubiak, you're missing your light. You need to hit your mark. You know what I mean? That's his real name. Yeah, that makes sense. That second sentence made sense. That first sentence was just gobbledygook. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, uh, uh, one more uh, amazing occurrence. Hi, Jordan and Jesse. This is Dane from Columbus, Ohio. I love the show. Hey, I was told a story over the holidays and thought it bared repeating because it's pretty awesome. So my cousin's nephew, well, his, he's just a little five-year-old, and his parents took him to the Cincinnati Aquarium over the holidays, which ironically is in Kentucky, but regardless, they uh, they went to the aquarium, they went to see all the exhibits, there's a petting area, and you know, the gift shop and whatnot, so they're on the way home, and their little five-year-old son is being eerily quiet on the way home, and they're getting worried, thinking, oh my God, did some sicko touch our son, or what happened, they're thinking the worst, so the moment they get home, kid runs upstairs, goes into the bathroom, they hear the tub turn on. They, he had turned on the, the, the water for the tub, and they finally had to kind of break into the bathroom, and lo and behold, he stole a baby penguin from the aquarium, had put it down his pant leg, and gotten it home without his parents noticing. And uh, they called the aquarium and you know asked them, how did our son get the penguin home? And they said, well, they probably penguins like warm and dark places, and when your kid stuck our fucking penguin down his pants he fell asleep and you know they kind of implied that they were bad parents because they uh allowed their son to steal a penguin from an aquarium but you know i think the kid's pretty awesome that's my story 
Obviously, the kid is fucking awesome. Wow. This is an amazing kid. Wow. These people are spectacular parents. What Nobel Prize would he win for this? The Nobel Prize for penguin napping. Jesus. For childhood. Great. And then... For preschool penguin napping. And then, like, wanting to secretly hide it in the tub. He thought no. that if he closed it, he, he could just keep it in the tub and the parents wouldn't notice. I'd love to hear the... To hear the... The long-term plan this kid had for for oh, keeping the penguin in the, God. In the what, house. What was he going to feed it? Fish sticks. Fish sticks. I think fish sticks. What Probably. do you think? Crayons, maybe. Yeah, crayons. <laughs> oh, God. What an amazing child. That is amazing. Oh, it's beautiful. Now, Jordan, I want to address something that came up recently on the program. Uh, we had a pranks uh, action item. Mm-hmm. Someone called in with an action item about uh, letting loose some pigs in their school. Yeah. Turns out this is a popular urban legend. Wasn't it Paul? Did Paul Shear bring up that this actually got no, done? No, I think someone called in to say that it ha- that their friend of theirs did it. Okay, I I am so outraged. I'm so incensed, mm-hmm. sickened that someone would call in and try and bullshit us yeah. over one of our action items. What kind of pathetic, sick little life do you have, where you're spreading these bullshit rumors? Trying to pass them off just for your little moment of fame. Well, here's your little moment of fame, asshole. Suck my balls because you are bullshit, horseshit crap. Wow. Is that... I mean, isn't it possible that it was an urban legend but then someone actually did it? You know what? Fuck you, Jordan. Just saying. No, seriously, Jordan. Don't try and bullshit me. Truth is the essential foundation of any podcast. Yeah. If bullshit is going on in the context of a podcast... I'm saying I just want to give the listener... The benefit of the bullshit. Yeah. The benefit of the bullshit. That's what you're giving them, you fucking asshole. (sighs) There's only one thing that can cleanse my palate now, Jordan. Hmm. William Van Landingham. That's right. Early 1990s San Francisco what? Giants pitcher uh, William Van Landingham. Best known for having the longest last name in Major League Baseball history. A last name so long that they actually had to abbreviate it to fit it on his jersey. Starting right-handed starting pitcher for the San Francisco Giants showed a flash of promise before falling apart, Mr. William Van Landingham. I feel a lot better now. I feel a lot better. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan (laughs) Jesse Go. Jordan, Jesse, go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. We knocked it out of the ballpark today, Jordan. Yeah. Jordan, if people don't start telling their friends about the show when we do shows this good, yeah. then what the fuck are we even doing here? What is the fucking point of us even doing this show if we're going to do something this amazing and people aren't insisting that their friends listen to it? I don't know. If people aren't burning this on CDs and sharing it with people, you know what I mean? Sure. It terrifies me. The prospect terrifies me. Yeah, I mean, why, why, why do anything? Why get up in the morning? Why, why bathe? Exactly. I've stopped bathing. Wow. I have stopped bathing <laughs> because I heard that some people, when we do a show as amazing as this one, and this was an amazing show. Sure. Jordan, you have never had a cavity. 
where where else are you going to hear from a man who's never had a cavity? I'm an anomaly. I'm a scientific anomaly. You think Regis Philbin has never had a cavity? Here he is hosting Tons. Million Dollar Password. Tons. You think uh, you think Diane Sawyer's never had a pa- cavity? No. You think Hugh Downs never had a cavity? He he used to the host man 2020. Drinks, he drank, man drinks milkshakes for breakfast. This is a sick world we live in, Jordan. People mm-hmm. calling into bullshit. I just, when sometimes when, when shit gets really crazy, there's only one thing that keeps me together. That's, that's Ken Oberkfell. Sure. If I just focus is on that... Ken Oberkfell, he's a guy with a mustache, he used to play for the Giants. Oh, okay. There's another baseball thing. If I focus this is baseball on... baseball thing number two for the show, you realize. If I focus on Ken Oberkfell, hey, Jordan, why don't you, uh, why don't you focus on uh, Herzog's Vi? <laughs> You think about Herzog's Vi. You know, here's why I'm not. The Sega not. Genesis I'll game, think Herzog's about it, but Spy. I'm not going to make everybody listen about it. You already did. You already brought it up. Uh, you brought it up. No, you, I heard you say you were just talking about it just now. Herzog's Vi. That was you talking Sega about... Sega Genesis That game. was you talking about a baseball player from the 80s. Look, Jordan, as long as people are telling their friends about Jordan, Jesse, Go and everything, it's not a problem okay. for me, you know? <laughs> no, you're right. As long as I people do that, out. As long as people to... are really enjoying the show... Really participating, calling in when there's momentous occasions, talk, discussing it on the forum, for God's sake. Mm-hmm. Look, Cracksworth discusses it on the forum. <laughs> what the fuck is people's problem? They're not, they're not Cracksworth. They can't discuss it on the forum. Yeah. Wade Word <sighs> finds the time. Exactly. Look, Weird Al Lover even changed his name to Mafu John. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, come on. That's the kind of commitment people have to this. and so, I don't know. I, I'm just a mess. Are you saying that those people lead empty lives and have nothing better to do than comment on our podcast? No. They lead rich, interesting lives. That they still are find a minute. seasoned by commenting and participating mm-hmm. and telling a friend. And guess what? If they're from San Francisco, you know what they're going to do? Come to our show? Yeah, the Monsters of Podcasting at SF Sketchfest on January 25th. That's what people do, Jordan. It people is. People who are engaged. The kind of people who join the Peace Corps. Mm-hmm. People who give a fuck about their fellow man. When they're walking along the beach, they pick up a piece of trash if they see it. Exactly. They cut up their six-pack things. Sure. So birdies don't get stuck in them. Or dolphins don't eat them, or whatever it is that happens. All sorts of shit can happen with those. Dolphin gets stuck on a dolphin's tail, probably. Mm-hmm. A shark could eat it. It's right there in the shark with the tin cans. Shark eats tin cans, you know? Oh, yeah. Shark could eat a whole engine block of a car, probably. Man, that'd be great. It'd be amazing. The different steps. I mean, I guess at the end of the day, it just boils down to this, you know? Jaws is a great movie. Richard Dreyfuss is amazing in it. It's very suspenseful. Um, They didn't need amazing special effects, and it created the blockbuster. Anyway, uh, no special action items this week. Um, But, uh, you know... We'll see everybody on the forums in next week, right? Yep. It's great. Great show. Thanks for listening. Later, gang. Later, gang.